The world we live in today is a strange one. It is one that is saturated with falsehood. In our current climate of misinformation, doublespeak, and in some realms even outright lies, uh, what they call a healthy dose of skepticism can be a good thing. Now a skeptic is someone who has to see it to believe it. Someone who is inclined toward doubt until he or she has opportunity to check out the truth of something themselves. And one of the earliest followers of Jesus could have accurately been called a skeptic. When he was told about Jesus and that uh, he might be the Messiah, well, that was all well and good, but he immediately had doubts about him when he found out that Jesus was from Nazareth because he apparently didn't have a very high opinion of Nazareth for some reason. But when he was invited to come and see for himself and check out Jesus, he did so. And it changed his life forever. I want to invite your attention with me this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, where we were last week. Last week we saw John the Baptist point out Jesus to a couple of his disciples and identify Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, a couple of those disciples, one of whom was Andrew, started following Jesus. And Andrew went and found his brother, Simon Peter, and invited Peter to come and follow Jesus. And then we pick up where we're going to start this morning in verse 43 of John chapter 1 to read a bit further. So if you're able, I would invite you to stand with me as I read for us the Word of God. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 43, the Bible says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you're the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because you, I saw you under the fig tree? <laughs> you shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Thank you. Please have a seat. <clears throat> Nathaniel met Jesus and had his life changed, as so many have. But we need to recognize that Nathaniel met Jesus by invitation. He was invited by Philip to meet Jesus. Now, who was this Nathaniel? We know from Scripture that he was an Israelite from 
Cana of Galilee. We read that in the last chapter of John's Gospel. His name means God has given. And he must have been an honest man, a devoted Israelite, because that's how Jesus described him. So it must be true. Was Nathanael one of the twelve disciples? That's a question that has been asked through the ages. If he was, he wasn't known by the name of Nathanael. But a great many researchers, scholars since the ninth century have identified Nathanael with the disciple Bartholomew because Bartholomew is what's called a patronym. It, was, it means son of Tolmai. Uh, like Simon Barjona, Simon son of John. Um, Bartholomew means son of Tolmai. So it's possible that Nathaniel was Bartholomew as we read about the disciples in the scripture. And we know that he was a friend of Philip and when the twelve are listed, Bartholomew is usually named alongside Philip. Well, in any case, Nathaniel's friendship with Philip turned out to be one of the greatest blessings of his life because Philip invited his friend Nathaniel to meet Jesus. Now, as we said, Nathaniel was apparently a skeptic. He was doubtful of Philip's discovery, especially when he heard that this Messiah was from Nazareth. Now, we don't know what his prejudice against Nazareth was. Maybe the Nazareth Nighthawks had defeated the Cana Cardinals in the state championship when they were in high school. Maybe it was some other small town rivalry. Maybe it was just that Nathaniel was puzzled because he didn't know of a, a prophecy that spoke of the Messiah coming from Nazareth. Whatever the case may be, Philip didn't concern himself about Nathaniel's prejudice. Maybe Philip knew from his own meeting of Jesus that once Nathaniel met Jesus for himself, that his prejudice would melt away like an ice cube dropped on a hot sidewalk in the middle of August. Now, Philip didn't worry about Nathaniel's response. He simply invited him to meet Jesus. I want to conduct a little informal poll here for just a moment and ask you some questions. Quick raise of hand will, will do the trick. How many of you came to Christ through the direct influence of a TV preacher or a TV ministry? Raise your hand. One or two. How many through a radio program? Or how about the Internet? Anybody? Not, not many people, I would guess, come to Christ in the mess that is the internet. How about a book? Reading a book, did that lead you to Christ? How about a pastor? Did a pastor have a direct influence? We've got a few more. Yeah, quite a few more. Now let me ask you this. How many of you came to Christ as a direct result of the influence of a family member or a friend? Raise your hand. You see, I've read that 86 out of every 100 visitors to church come at the invitation of a friend or a relative. So I want to ask you, do you have a, a friend or relative that you could invite to meet Jesus? Or at least invite to church where they can learn about Jesus 
and hopefully see Jesus in us and meet Him personally. I think we often don't invite others to meet Jesus because we're afraid of their response. Are they going to argue with us? Are they going to reject us? Are they going to think we're crazy or something? Well, Philip responded to Nathaniel's skepticism with a very simple, come and see. Just come and see. You can say the same thing to your friends and relatives. If they're skeptical, if they're argumentative, if they're aggressive, whatever it may be, you can just invite them, come and see for yourself. And then let Jesus do the rest. That's how it worked with Nathaniel. He met Jesus as a result of Philip's invitation. But not only did he meet Jesus by invitation, he also met Jesus by appointment. A divine appointment, that is. As Nathaniel came to Jesus, Jesus revealed a knowledge of Nathanael that only a person who knew him would have. A true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. There's no guile, no deceit, no deception. A devoted man of pure heart. And Jesus was truly glad to meet him. You don't need to read anything else into that statement. There's, it's, it means what it says. Jesus was recognizing, acknowledging that Nathanael was a devoted Israelite, a, a man pure in heart, honest as the day is long, as they used to say, willing to, to say what he was thinking. And Nathanael, when he heard that, he wondered, how do you know me? Did, did, did one of these others tell you about me? What, what's that about? How do, you, how do you know that about me? You see, Nathanael didn't know that he had a divine appointment to encounter the Christ. So when Nathanael questioned Jesus, Jesus revealed a knowledge of Nathanael that only a God who knew him would have. There's a lot of speculation about what Nathanael was doing under the fig tree. John doesn't tell us, so we can't know for certain. But I have a suspicion it was the custom of pious Jews, a custom that was encouraged by the Talmud, to say their daily prayers alone in some secluded place, like under a tree, perhaps. You know, even, even in modern times, when you go to a youth camp, when youth are having their, their quiet times, you'll see them sitting out under the trees. The trees are the, are the prime spots to go to do your quiet time at youth camp, it seems. Trees are good for that. So I suspect that not long prior to Nathaniel's meeting of Jesus, that he had had some intensely personal experience known only to him and to God under a fig tree. And in some supernatural way, Jesus had reached into the very center of Nathaniel's soul and withdrawn something that he then revealed to Nathaniel to show Nathaniel something that only Nathaniel and God could know. And that got Nathaniel's attention. You know, there, 
there may be some connection between Jesus' description of Nathanael as a, a true Israelite, pure in heart, no deceit. There may be some connection to that and the reference that Jesus gives to the fig tree. Jesus had called him a true Israelite, and the Apostle Paul in Romans writes, He is a true Jew who is one inwardly, and real circumcision is a matter of the heart. Jesus spoke of Nathanael's pure heart. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Jesus rewarded Nathanael's pure devotion by giving Nathanael a glimpse of his divinity, by revealing to Nathanael in a supernatural way the very secrets of Nathanael's heart. He was seeing God. And it was so significant in Nathanael's life that it instantly turned serious doubt into one of the strongest confessions of faith in the Scripture. Christ knows us just as intimately as He knew Nathanael because not only is He the Savior of sinners, He is also the omniscient God of the universe. Nathaniel believed as a result of a comparatively trivial display of supernatural power. It is a simple thing for Jesus to know our habits and our hearts. So if He were to reveal to you the depth of His knowledge of you and His love for you and His desire for a relationship with you, would you respond the way Nathaniel did? In unwavering faith and total commitment? Just like that, Jesus turned Nathaniel's doubt into faith. Now, Nathaniel may have been a skeptic, but at least he was an open minded skeptic. He wanted to meet the Messiah. He just couldn't bring himself to believe that the Messiah could possibly come from someplace like Nazareth. But when it became clear to Nathanael that Jesus had come not so much from Nazareth as from God, well, Nathanael had his eyes opened. His doubt turned into faith. His life changed forever. He confessed and acknowledged and recognized that Jesus is the Son of God, the King of Israel. Just like that. I think a lot of us are like Nathaniel. We have been conditioned in this evil age in which we live to be skeptical, not to believe everything we hear. We prefer facts to faith naturally, because of the world around us. I suppose everyone does. One pastor tried to distinguish fact from faith for his congregation one Sunday morning as he was preaching by saying, it is a fact that you're sitting out there in those pews, and it is a fact that I'm standing here behind this pulpit, but it is only by faith that I believe any of you are listening to me right now. I can identify with that. You see, faith is the acceptance of a proposition for which 
absolute proof may not currently be in evidence. Nathaniel met Jesus in such a way that his doubt was destroyed and replaced instead with the eyes of faith. He saw who Jesus was. And the eyes of faith are rewarded with magnificent sights. Jesus told Nathanael in verse 50 that because of his willingness to believe, he would be able to see much greater things in the future. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us if Nathanael saw Jesus feed the multitudes or walk on water or heal the sick or raise the dead, but we do know for certain from John chapter 21, verse 2, that Nathanael was an eyewitness to the risen and living Lord Jesus Christ, the crucified one, the one who had unequivocally, unquestionably died on that cross, raised to life again. Nathanael saw that. And if you'll open your eyes of faith, you're going to see magnificent sights as well, sights that only the eyes of faith can see. Signs that others miss entirely. About four years ago, a man named Heath Adamson wrote an article for Christianity Today on the subject of prayer, but in that article he shared some of his own testimony. It seems that as a child, Heath was regularly exposed to the occult, was influenced by the occult. There was a, a darkness in his home, apparently, but in the eighth grade, there was a girl in his class who sensed God whispering to her, telling her to pray for Heath, that she would marry Heath one day. And she didn't share that with anyone. While she was a churchgoer, Heath got even more into the demonic. He became addicted to a number of drugs. He was desperately lost, and he knew it. He recognized it. But then in his junior year, his physics partner invited him to church, and he went. Long story short, like Nathaniel, he met Jesus, and his life was transformed. He says, when I embraced the grace of Jesus, my body was supernaturally and instantaneously healed. My substance addictions vanished in that in that brief moment when he surrendered his life to Christ. But then he goes on to say, The very next day, the very next day, I discovered something incredible in the mailbox. Inside was a handwritten letter from the girl who dared to listen in eighth grade when God touched her heart. It just happened to land in the mailbox the day after I met God. After I married that amazing girl, I found her prayer journals. That's when I discovered how God used the prayers of her and others to help soften my hardened heart. Looking back at my salvation, he says, I'm the product of a girl who dared to believe when God whispered, an invitation to church, the power of prayer, and most of all, the Savior who stepped into my darkness and instead of turning away in horror, showed me who He was and who I was created to be. 
It's possible that I'm speaking to someone this morning who has never met Jesus in a personal way. Maybe you know of Him, you've heard things, you've read, but you've never personally encountered the Christ. If that's you, then you need to know that you had a divine appointment to be here this morning to discover and meet Jesus for yourself. Before you ever got here today, Jesus saw you in your home. And He knows about your stress and your loneliness and your discouragement. He knows you as you really are. And He nonetheless invites you to follow Him. To give your life to Him. To put your faith in Him. He wants to turn your doubt into faith and show you things that only faith can see. And He'll do it if you let Him. Let's pray. God, we thank You for preserving this encounter with Christ that Nathaniel had so long ago. Brought to Jesus by his friend, Philip. I pray, Lord, that we might recognize how deeply you know us, just as you knew Philip and Nathaniel when he was under that fig tree. I pray, God, that the awareness of that knowledge might become evident to us and open our eyes of faith that we might be as convinced as Nathaniel was in that moment who you are and what you've done on our behalf and respond to it. I pray also, God, that we might be convicted for not being quick to invite our friends and family to meet you. I pray that we might develop in this place a culture of invitation that others may come and see Jesus in us and meet the Christ for themselves. God, I give this invitation time to you. I pray you would use it for your will and your purpose. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing together.